My lords, ladies and gentlemen, it is my most sorrowful duty to announce to you the death of my beloved mother, the Queen. I know how deeply you, the entire nation, and I think I may say the whole world, sympathise with me in the irreparable loss we've all suffered. I am deeply aware of this great inheritance and of the duties and heavy responsibilities of sovereignty which have now passed to me. In taking up these responsibilities, I shall strive to follow the inspiring example I have been set in upholding constitutional government and to seek the peace, harmony and prosperity of the peoples of these islands and of the Commonwealth realms and territories throughout the world. And in carrying out the heavy task that has been laid upon me and to which I now dedicate what remains to me of my life, I pray for the guidance and help of Almighty God. By the grace of God of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and of his other realms and territories, King, Head of the Commonwealth, Defender of the Faith, to whom we do acknowledge all faith and obedience with humble affection, beseeching God, by whom kings and queens do reign, to bless his majesty with long and happy years to reign over us. God save the king. God save the king. And so the United Kingdom has a new monarch, His Royal Highness King Charles III. This is highly significant from the perspective of Bible prophecy, as we shall come to in a moment. Before we do, though, let us consider that we believe that Tarshish, a nation mentioned in the Bible, is the ancient name given for the Isles of Great Britain. Some of the clues we get from scripture which help us appreciate this are as follows. Tarshish is a descendant of Japheth, an island or coastal territory, as we read in Genesis 10 verse 1 and 4. And the historian Josephus tells us that Japheth's descendants populated the area west of the Holy Land, the area of Europe. At the time of the kings, around 900 BC, the Tarshish power grew to become an ancient maritime power. It dominated the, ste- the seas. And we can see that from passages in the reign of Solomon of 2 Chronicles 9.21 and many others. It also traded at the time of the kings uh, in global markets, 2 Chronicles 9.21, doing business with King Solomon of Israel and Hiram, king of Tyre. It was located to the west of Israel, as we can read of in Jonah chapter 1, verse 3, where Jonah seeks to flee from God and God's presence in Jerusalem and flees towards the west, towards Tarshish, on a ship that he takes to go to Tarshish from the ancient port of Joppa. Now, all of these accord with historical facts about ancient Britain. At the time of Ezekiel, around 600 BC, some few hundred years after Solomon, 
we find it mentioned that Tarshish was a source of silver, iron, tin and lead in Ezekiel 27 verse 12, which they brought and traded in Tyre in Lebanon to the north of Israel. And we also read that it was to be influenced by Tyre because when Tyre was to fall, which occurred when King Nebuchadnezzar came down of Babylon and and destroyed Tyre. We read in Isaiah 23 verse 6 to 7 that the people of Tyre were in fact to pass over to Tarshish. Fascinatingly, we know as a historical fact that metals from ancient Britain, including the rare metal tin, were not only being dug up and, and smelted in Britain, but were also being traded in and around the Mediterranean, as a recent study in 2019 showed. The other facts and clues that we have about Tarshish are more prophetical in nature, particularly in the time period we read of in the Bible, the prophets call the latter days, the time when Israel has been regathered to their land in our day, 1948 and onwards. We read of that time that the prophets say that Tarshish is like a mother lion or a colonial power. Ezekiel 38 verse 13, having independent offspring politically that are now um, able to fend for themselves. Compare with Ezekiel 19 verse 1 to 3, for example, if you want to know what the young lions are all about. We also read that Tarshish in this time, 1948 onwards, when the Jews have returned to their land, is a powerful trading power in the Middle East. And it's separate from the European powers. And we read of that in the prophecy of Ezekiel chapter 38 and particularly in verse 13. Now, both of these points have and are being fulfilled by Britain today. Now, by piecing all of these and and other clues together, we believe that the only fit as to which nation Tarshish should be identified as is Great Britain. And in relation to the prophetic description of Tarshish being like a mother lion and having independent young lion offspring, that is the offspring that is independent of her, it is worthy of note that King Charles referred to quote the peoples of these islands and of the commonwealth realms and territories throughout the world end quote king charles has also been personally involved in furthering british interests in the gulf and he visited the gulf area in 2016 and in 2020 the fact that britain now has a king is of note to the student of prophecy in relation specifically to the prophecy found in Psalm 72. In Psalm 72, we have reference to Tarshish. And as we've shown, that is a reference prophetically to Great Britain. But what's Psalm 72 all about? It's all about the time when God will give a descendant of the Israelitish King David his righteousness. The prophecy talks about this descendant of David, judging righteously and in peace, if you look at verses 1, 2 and 7. And the whole of the first half of the psalm is all about the blessings of this person's reign. 
We know the psalm is a prophecy because it states this towards the end in verse 17. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. This has never occurred in the history of the kings of Israel. It is prophetic of one to come. God has indeed made a promise to David himself about this one to come. In 2 Samuel 7 verse 12 to 14 we read of the promise of God to David where he says, And when thy days be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I, God, will set up thy seed after thee, or a descendant after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. And he shall be my son. However, what happens is, is at the end of David's royal line, when Israel had been disobedient and condemned by God to be scattered amongst the nations, the prophet Ezekiel is told to go to the last king that sat on David's throne, King Zedekiah, with a message from God. He says to him, I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, or the kingdom, and it shall be no more until he come whose right it is, and I will give it him. Ezekiel 21 verse 27. This is telling us that David's line then, although overthrown, is not ended. The kingdom of Israel will be restored again on the earth. Now this will be done, we believe, by the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the descendant of David promised by God. We are told that that this is his destiny in Luke 1 verse 32. When the angel Gabriel appeared to his mother Mary before his birth and said of him, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And this was not accomplished in his lifetime. After he had died on the cross and was resurrected from the dead, he actually spent 40 days with his disciples. Now after this 40-day period, the disciples of Jesus asked the risen Lord, Lord, Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Acts 1 verse 6. And Jesus Christ replies. He says in verse 7 of Acts 1. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father hath put in his own power. Clearly then this restoration again to the kingdom of Israel will happen at some point in the future future even to our day but it will happen the kingdom will soon come god's will be that will be done on earth as it says in the lord's prayer and the kingdom will start at israel the lord jesus christ will return and reign there and he will call on nations to submit to his righteous rule which they will do until the kingdom fills the whole earth as we read of in daniel chapter 2 and verse 35 So what does all this have to do with the new appointment of King Charles III? 
Well, in Psalm 72, the prophecy of the future reign of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a detail of some of the nations that will be amongst the first to submit to his authority. And in verse 10, we read, The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles. The word in the Hebrew here for kings is malech. It is a masculine noun, meaning, of course, that the kings spoken of here are, in fact, male. This could never have been fulfilled by Queen Elizabeth II. But it can be fulfilled by King Charles or one of his sons. We are therefore witnessing another sign of the times, slotting into place before our eyes in accordance with Bible prophecy. We watch and we wait for the true king, though, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is given the title in Revelation 19, verse 16, of King of Kings and Lord of Lords to come. Psalm 72 ends like this. Blessed be the Lord Yahweh God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and Amen. This has been Matt Davies joining you. Tune in again next week for another Bible in the News. God willing.